This is episode four of the Ask Dad Labs podcast, recorded on April 1st, 2021. It's simple. You ask questions and dads answer. When we need actual answers, we find the experts. Today, we have Clay from Austin, Texas. He has kids who are in high school, college, and just out of college into the Coast Guard. We have Nick from Louisville, Kentucky. He has two kids, age 6 and 13. And I'm Ben. I'm in the Detroit River, just south of Detroit, Michigan. My boys are 11 and 12. And joining us today is Dawn Andrews from Garb to Art Cosmetics. She's going to talk with us about bath bombs and kid hygiene. Let's get to the show. So, I wasn't I wasn't going to tell a joke this week, but you know my wife my wife asked me the other day if the kids were spoiled, and I said no. I think kids normally smell that way. No, your wife your wife should prevent you from making these jokes. <laughs> she should, but she goes to bed way before we start recording these. Someone someone should intervene, honestly. Well, to be fair, when they get to be that age and they've been around that long, 13 years old, yeah, they start to smell. They do, and they don't stop. As a matter of fact, we're going to talk about that in our in our segment, um, second, second segment with Don Andrews in this episode. Talk about how to get kids to smell a little better, so... There you go. Well, <laughs> speaking of that. kids and uh, and them getting older, I, I took the boys out to get Easter clothes the other day. And on our way out, there's a girl in the classic pose spread completely <laughs> out with her fist banging on the parking lot. Her parents were just standing there just looking like, yep, we've been here. <laughs> and just the perfect parent pose of we're just going to ride this out and wait. It was hard to tell whether they were going in or coming out. But that girl, she was, she'd done this a few times. You could tell already. <laughs> and it made me start thinking about what, what my, I don't know, my favorite nonsensical breakdown I've ever experienced was. I bet you guys have some that, that were kind of fun. I, I, you know, I was thinking about it and I, I'm sure there are several that have been just like, what is going on with my daughter? She is six. She is very independent and things can be going great. And then suddenly you try to help her with something or suggest something different than, than what was in her head that you had no idea about. And it's, you know, a complete total nuclear meltdown. I can do it myself. <laughs> Today it was cold. It's time to, you know, she's putting on her jacket and she's really struggling with it. And she keeps, she gets it connected, right. And then she pulls on, on the wrong side and disconnects it all. And it, you know, and does this like five times. I'm like, here, let me help you. Boom. And I'm like, okay, no problem. Just, you know, look at my watch, wait a little while and just stand there and wait for her to figure it out. But the 13 year old, when he was, I don't know, probably her age, six or seven, he was heavy into my little pony. Yeah. And we loved my little pony because the, the cartoon was absolutely harmless, always had good storylines and good friendship stuff. Didn't have a lot of male role models in it. Um, or male characters at all for most episodes, but which we didn't care, but obviously other people do. I mean, we, we went as a family as Halloween as my little ponies and everything, but Netflix had decided that they were going to take it off or it lost their license or whatever. And they were talking about my little pony was going away from Netflix. And I told him after I picked him up from school one day and there was this complete, meltdown waterworks everything just devastated this kid and i felt horrible 
for telling him while he's in the backseat of the car as we're driving. I actually pulled over because I thought I was going to have to get out and get him out of the car to give him a hug because he was just so devastated. Turns out they didn't take it off, but man, it was heart wrenching for me because I was like, I should have waited till I got home so I could console him without because I mean, he was all in his car seat and everything. And he just it was just, just that was like a torture chair. It was. And, it was like you and, strapped him in for torture. And I did it. I caused it, <laughs> you know, because he didn't need to know that yet. And I caused that pain. And it was, oh, it was horrible. Absolutely horrible. But you, Clay? What I, 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 I know there were so many tantrums. And I think one of the really great things about parenting, especially as you're becoming older and middle-aged parent, is your, your deep capacity. I think you've, you've hit on this, Nick of erasure. Like you really can, it's like women giving birth. Like you can really forget how intense that pain was. And so I think I've done a, a good bit of erasure. One of the things that, that your story did remind me of was the contortions, the athleticism, uh, the rigid body formations that my kids could make as I tried to take the little bodies and put them in a car seat. And it just seems like, look, I'm going to put you in this little seat that's going to save your life. It's for your protection and well-being. This is a this is an expression of our love and our responsibility as parents to keep you safe. And the kids are like, "Fuck you, fuck you." I'm stiff as a fucking board right now, and I don't give a shit about safety or anything that's happening. And you can kiss my ass because you cannot fold me in half right now. And it's true. If you get a four-year-old who really gets determined, you yeah. you cannot fold them into a car. You know, you got to wait them out. And I think eventually what, what I found is that a four-year-old can do a, a rigid plank over a car seat for about three minutes and 45 seconds. Yep. Easily. And they can hold it for about three minutes and 45 seconds and then they start to relent and then they get they get a little soft in the middle and if you're quick and you, you <laughs> get that thing right over their heads and click them in then you're good uh and so that, that's what that story made me think. and then you got the flailing arms and the kicking the seat and you hope nobody's sitting in the passenger seat that you, you know yeah but yeah. if you can get past the bridge if you can get past the back arch Yep. <laughs> that's their main defense. And there's no way around that one. You know, that, that one's not defeatable. So you got to kind of wait that one out. And then you can avoid the flailing arms pretty much if you kind of, you know, if you're quick. But you got to remember those those little fingernails are sharp, man. You don't want any of that. And this uh, is also something that that people don't tell you or don't tell you to think about when you're looking for that family car. Those little cars where you got to put the kid in the back seat, and particularly if it's a two-door. Oh, and you're doubled back. over? Yeah. Yeah. When, when you got to be all in there close range like that, that's even harder. And it's even easier for them to to prevent you putting them in that car seat. And this is for you another want episode. The, you want space. It's This is for another episode, but I keep saying minivan, guys. Minivan, sliding doors. When you're ready to throw down, when you're ready to do that WWF no-holds-bar wrestling match, that it is to get that kid in the car seat, you you need to have leverage. Yep. <laughs> you're not going to get that in the Mazda 3. You need to get that minivan where you've got some operating room. You're going to put your back out in the Mazda 3. 
you need that automatic door so that you can just you know get it get it running you've got two hands on the kid because they'll squirm <laughs> i'm all for minivan my wife is kind of like nah. i'm all for them uh well let's 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 tag that for a for a future episode well, i'll tell you my kids they they didn't really my kids didn't mind the car seat probably because we bought them like the luxury brightax you know oh. these things were purple and cushy and it was yeah. like a lazy boy and and if there's anything to to splurge on it's a nice comfy car seat that those kids will never ever not want to be in yep that is absolutely so, true i also not, not, not currently a, a sponsor by the way <laughs> i also did not a have a whole lot of problem with mine we had a couple of incidents yeah and we're like look you're just you know you won't go with us we all want to go together but you just won't go with us and <laughs> and we always also did it it's not me i didn't make this rule I will get in trouble. You want me to get in trouble? It's not my rule. It's the it's the state's rule. I will go to jail if you do not sit in this seat. If we have a wreck and you're not in this seat, you will die. That will be my fault. And you know, we put the fear of of death in them with the car seat. You know, we were like, this you will get hurt. I have to put you in this car seat. So we made it not about us, that it wasn't you can be mad at me, but it's not my fault. Be <laughs> mad at the state. <laughs> you know, just yeah. to kind of Take well, it off I of me myself. You know? High level reasoning wasn't really that effective. With oh me. no, not at all. It wasn't the times we had the incident. For whatever reason, they they did not continue the arched back. Either one of them. They only did it like once or twice. Good for you. And both of them did unbuckle while we were doing seventy miles an hour down the highway one time. Oh, you geez. Know, separate times, and we stopped. We, we pulled over immediately on the highway, on the interstate, and said, oh, no, this does not happen ever, uh, particularly at 70 miles an hour. I still give in, give Indy shit if he unbuckles before we park, if, if his sister's in the car, you know, because I don't want her to think that that's okay. We so. were following my parents on the on the Pennsylvania Turnpike, heading, heading to, uh, I think, Hershey, Pennsylvania, and... We're following them. They're, the kids are in the back seat of my parents' car, and we're driving down the highway, and one of the doors comes open in the back seat. Nice. So one of the kids flings the door open while they're driving like 70 miles an hour down the highway. Parents immediately pull over. We just went past. We just drove on <laughs> past to the next exit or the next the next rest area and waited. <laughs> not looking, not looking. I did not want to know what was going on. That, yeah. that was, that was perfect. But so my favorite, it's really quick. My favorite really nonsense breakdown that I ever had. I think my, my older son had, had hit my younger son. He, they were both crying about it. Older son goes into timeout. We had these big picture windows he, heading out over a cliff on our, on our, in the back of our house. And so he's sitting in a little rocking chair, rocking at his timeout spot, which is like the best place to sit anyway. <laughs> And so his little brother pulls up another rocking chair and in solidarity for bad dad, for punishing his brother, for hitting him, probably decked him in the head. He sits down and protests by sitting in the other rocking chair and starts fake crying next to his brother. Solidarity timeout. It is like the hardest. That's that's the hardest breakdown you can you can deal with. You know, it's like <laughs> the support they're showing for each other. And now I'm the bad guy. Yeah, you're outnumbered, bro. Sorry. I am. I am.
Well, I've got Don Andrews from Garb to Art Cosmetics. They make some some really neat products, started with some lip gloss, I believe, but but one of the big sellers she's got are bath bombs. And if if you're like me, you have all sorts of questions about these things that you throw in a in a in a bath. And uh, I've got some interesting questions. So so Don, what are what are bath bombs? Bath bombs are first of all, thanks for reaching out and and talking to me today. Bath bombs are, they've been around, I believe, I think Lush was kind of the creator of bath bombs in the 90s. And then we've all kind of put our own spin on what we feel like they should be and what they are. And basically it's it's a mixture of, you've got baking soda and citric acid, two natural ingredients. When you put those together with water or some sort of agent, and then you drop it back in water, it reacts. And so I always explain to people that don't know what they are. I said, think about having a big Alka-Seltzer and just dropping it in your tub. That's what it looks like. (laughs) And I think that obviously, if you've never used a bath bomb before, you might think, oh, that's cool. This is great. But bath bombs are all different. I think you have to be really careful and read ingredients. If you can't read what it says, don't use it. And then just know who your supplier is. Because I have five children. And before I started making bath bombs, we've had some bad situations where there were skin reactions or there's if they if there was not enough oil in the bath bomb or a heavy butter you're putting citric acid on your skin and even though it is a natural acid if you put too much it can burn you so you just have to be really careful are there any problems cleaning up after them do they have lots of stuff that you might need to rinse out of the bathtub or anything well so our donut bath bombs do have sprinkles on them. They're real sprinkles and they dissolve in the water. But I think that the thing you always have to keep in mind is when you're putting something in your tub, even if it's a bubble bath, there's a chance that you might have to rinse something out. But for the most part, I think it's more of just having an awareness that your tub might be slick. And we put those warning labels on there, but there's really, it's not as big of a mess as what people think it is. I, we use them all the time at my house and I don't know that I've ever gone in my bathroom, especially with my girls. They can have as many bath bombs as they want. And sometimes they'll put two or three in. And I I don't know that I've ever noticed. I I never really noticed a big mess in the tub. That's a lot of bath bombs. It's, they get ridiculous with it. Yeah. A little bit too much. So, my house, we don't have any tubs. We've, we're an all-shower family. Are there things that are similar to that, that that you can use in a shower? I think a shower bomb, shower steamers, they've certainly become pretty popular on the market the last several years. And we make shower steamers exactly the same way that we make bath bombs. Same ingredients, same reaction. I think that the only difference with a shower steamer is with a bath bomb, you want something that's going to make you smell good and make your skin really soft is where a shower steamer is more of if you're really sick with a head cold or sinus infection and you use a peppermint or a eucalyptus shower steamer, it's more of an aromatherapy experience. And it's, it will help kind of clear your head up a little bit. Do you remember, I don't know, maybe 30 years ago, Vicks had, I think it was Vicks. Yeah, you put them in the bottom of the shower. Sure. And yep, I it really is kind of the same concept as that. And then over the years, we've kind of made them a little more bougie and just something that people have to have that smells good. But honestly, I'm not sure exactly how there's activated. I think it was a very similar concept. But when you think about a shower steamer, it's, I want the aromatherapy of lavender or citrus. I want to be able to wake up in the morning or I want, I'm sick and I need to clear my head. 
Uh, do you have a coffee one? I don't. I know. I Coffee's <laughs> an interesting scent. It's something that when we've tried coffee products before and my employees, some of them just can't even work in it because it's so strong. It's it's an interesting, oh, it's interesting to work with. Yeah. I bet. But that's a good idea. Well, thank you for talking to us about bath bombs. We're going to talk yes. to you a little bit later about some other things here. Okay. So. Perfect. So I was thinking about some Dad Labs history there, and one of the the classic one of the classic images from Dad Labs. You guys published a book. I forget what the name of the book was. It, it had a bunch of babies on the on the cover. Was that the Labor and Delivery book? The title of the book was Dad Labs Guide to Fatherhood, Labor and Delivery, and Pregnancy. And it, it was a it was a a, a really delightful project. We had a great publisher that approached us out of the blue. We just got a we got a, a phone call from this publisher. They were the publishers that had huge success with a book called The Worst Case Scenario Handbook. Oh yeah. Which was this hilarious book that was just about, you know, what to do if you're attacked by an alligator. And so they they had a great sense of humor. They'd seen the Dad Labs video uh, production. And so they called us up and said, hey would you guys be interested in maybe uh, writing a book? And of course, actually, Troy Lanier, who's one of the founders of Dad Labs and I, had actually written a book together about uh, filmmaking for kids called Pulling Off Your Shorts, which is still, by the way, available. So we had a little awesome bit of Awesome name, publishing. by the way. Awesome title. <laughs> we, we had That's a the best little title. publishing experience. So we were really excited about it. And so they said, okay, put together a proposal. We did it. They, yeah, they said, let's, they green uh, lit the project and we were off writing the book. And so Brad and, and Owen and Troy and I each sort of had sections and I was kind of in charge of kind of overall pulling it all together. And we had a great time writing the book. And so as the publication date got closer, the publisher had an idea of what might be funny for the cover. And it was, they said, well, what, wouldn't it be funny if you guys were just like covered in babies? Like she's had tons and tons of, of babies and you're wearing like your dad labs lab coats, which we did. That was a particularly from time to time. And we were like, oh yeah, that's a, that's a great idea. And suddenly it became, and this is one of the funny things about publishing. Like you, you have all these images, like these publishers, they, they just, they're these, these fairy godmothers that come in and they, they give you a lot of money and they take your manuscript and they do this, all this work to promote your book. It doesn't really work that way in my experience. So suddenly somehow we, because we had a studio became responsible for creating the cover art for the book that we were about to publish. We're like, okay, well, that's interesting. So we need a bunch of babies. Well, how do you do that? Um, so uh, we just put an ad in Craigslist and we were just like, Hey, uh, you know, <laughs> we're doing a photo shoot bring your baby. And, uh, you know, we're looking for babies, you know, four months to, you know, year. And uh, so if you've got a baby that age and we're, you know, we're giving $50 gift cards or whatever we said we are going to do. And it was crazy. So a lot of people showed up. So we had a, we had uh, the dad lab studios were these kind of little homemade soundstage that we had created inside a big warehouse kind of on the, on the way to the airport in Austin, Texas, big cavernous space that we had built kind of a, a plywood a soundstage inside of. 
but it's a it's a big big space. And so, you know, we 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 had a number of uh, you know four or five uh, folks that worked on the team, and we opened up for the day, and here come these moms. And next thing we know, we've got you know three babies. Oh, that's great. That's going to look great. You know, we've got four, and then there was ten babies, and there's fifteen babies. There's like twenty five women with babies, and all we all go into the studio. The photographer climbs up on a ladder. He's ready. He's got his photography equipment all ready. We'll get all in our in our lab coats, and then the moms just start bringing us babies. And so I get a baby. Brad gets a baby. Troy gets a baby. And about the time Owen gets a baby, the babies start to look at each other. And up until now, it's been okay. Like everybody seems to be happy. About the time I get my second baby, the babies are like, actually, this is bullshit. And one baby starts to cry. And then this crazy thing happens where the baby, the all the babies that we're holding, and then now everybody's got two babies. We both got these two babies, and the ba- and we're both every all four of us. We're trying to we're the dad labs guys. We're trying to make them happy. <laughs> the ba- all the eight of those babies are crying. That's not bad enough. Like all the babies in the studio, there's like 25 or 30 babies all around. They start to cry. And so suddenly it is the sound of 50 babies crying, which is something that your brain just cannot comprehend. This is a sound that's made to drive you insane. And so we're laughing hysterically. These babies are just losing their shit. The moms are laughing hysterically because they can't believe it's this is what's happening. And the guy snaps a shot and it's totally somehow we managed to have one shot where all four of us are just stone faced. Half of these babies are losing their shit. <laughs> Um, the other babies are kind of fine, and it, it's a very funny photograph, but it, it really nearly cost us all our sanity. <laughs> awesome. And I bet that would have ended up in the book if you hadn't finished it yet. Yeah. Well, the story certainly made it on a, one of the Dab House videos. Oh, yeah. I don't know if we have documentary photography. We should have been running camera the whole time, but it was it was seriously crazy, but also you know, super fun. And when it was all done, you were just like, that was the most, that was the most bonkers dad lab <laughs> moment ever. Anyway, the book went on to be published and, and it was translated into, into several languages, which was super satisfying. My favorite was the, the German translation. And, and the title for that book was Windelalam. And Windelalam is evidently German for Diaper alert. (laughs) (laughs) Vendor alarm. Nice. I I don't know if that's still on German Amazon. I don't think the I don't (laughs) I don't think the Dad Labs book is still in print. The the filmmaking book still is, but I I don't think the Dad Labs book still is. Yeah, that's another thing we're gonna have to talk about here pretty soon. Is is uh, kids making videos, especially with uh, with TikTok. So we're back with Don Andrews, and we've talked about the bath bombs. Now let's talk about something I think all parents have a problem with, and that is getting our kids to clean up. How okay. do how do you get your kids to wash? I think that is I I do have five children. They range from nine to twenty five, and so I've kind of seen it all over the years. And I've gone from threatening to you name it. And I I think it is it is a struggle at some point with every parent and. 
I think the biggest thing to remember is don't shame your kids because I think I've gone through that phase too. Just, oh my gosh, you're going to, I'm going to send you to school this way. You smell so bad or, or whatever the case may be. I think you really just have to listen to them and what smells do they like? What do they like to use? Find things that do make it a little more fun for them to take a bath. And if that means getting a couple of bath bombs or getting a soap that's a little bit different, it might be a few extra dollars than what you would normally spend. But I think that at the end of the day, it is just kind of finding a happy medium and picking your battles with your kids. It's worth $100 not to be in a car with a stinky kid. I know, right? And I do agree with that. But I, I think for me, that's the trick that's worked for me is finding products that are different or finding something that they're excited excited about using. One of the things that will help us going forward is with so many products on TikTok, my kids are constantly coming to me and saying, I saw this, I want it. So we go get it because I think if I get it, I know they're going to use it because some huge person on TikTok has used it. So if you have to resort to letting your kids watch TikTok to find out what kind of bathing products they want to use, I would definitely do that. Wow. Yeah. And that's probably not something we want to search for. No, no. But, you know, it's... <laughs> They'll see and, it. And, and, they see. And usually, you know, I think, I think you don't really start having issues until they're 9, 10 and up anyway. And by that point in time, when you're a 10 year old, you definitely know what TikTok is and you're probably hearing about it, seeing videos. So just, I think that's a good way to introduce it to where it's, even if you say, oh, look at this, that's cool. And then they're going to want it. You have to make them want it and then they're going to use it. You have some products that, that look pretty interesting. You've got uh, like the soap combined with the, with the, uh, the sponge thing. Yes. Yes. It's, it's funny you brought that up. We started making those eight years ago and the last two months they've just taken off like gangbusters. I, I don't know if it's one of those things like eighties fashion that always comes back around. I haven't quite figured that out yet <laughs> with our products, but yeah, I think that when we designed that product, it really was geared to give people a different experience when they take a bath and something that was user-friendly for travel and something that lasted a long time. So many bath products are one-time use or even a couple of times. And this, the soap with the sponge attached in it, it's, it's a six-week use. It's, it's definitely something that's creative. And that might get your, your child to shower too. I, I have some things going on. We're selling a ton of them. But it's, <laughs> it's a good product too. They're really fun. They're pretty. They're nice to look at. I think that's something too is when people take a shower – Sometimes they want something nice to look at instead of just a bar of soap. Just change it up a little bit. Sure. Now, where can we find your products? I know that we um, our store here down the street on our little island in Metro Detroit has some of your stuff. So yep. where, where all can we look for your, your products? As far as chain retailers, we, we work with Hot Topic. A lot of things are online there, but they are accessible. Francesca's is, they're a pretty large chain of boutique. We work with Von Mar. Von Mar is pretty much seasonal, but those are some of the larger retailers. And we work with hundreds of smaller shops across the United States. You can always order off of our website, but a lot of times people want to see things before they buy it for the first time. So those would be a few good places for you to, to start out and, and find things. Excellent. And your website is a good source for those too. Yeah, oh, yes. Yes. Garb2art.com. Number two. 
Yep, the number two. And if you have any questions, you can always email us from there and, and we'll be happy to help you. And of course, we'll have links for all this stuff. So Awesome. Well, thank you for talking to us today. I hope we've solved some problems for some dads and some families. Yes, I all agree. Right. Thank you very much. Thank you. So I don't know about you guys, but, you know, we uh, were getting ready for spring up here in Michigan um, until today. Today, the, the floor dropped out and we're in our 30s. We had snow today. I don't think Dallas, or I don't think Austin had snow today, I'm guessing. But uh, uh, 70 degrees. It was chilly. It was like 45 this morning. Ben. Oh, wow. Don't make fun. That's cold. It is cold. But you had power, so <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. The, uh, but. But otherwise, we're getting ready for spring. We've got flowers coming out. So that means we're, we're starting to look at outside activities for the families. So what are some things you guys like to do for outside activities with your families? Well, we take the dog for a walk. That's always fun. The girl has started riding her bike and still has training wheels, but she loves to ride her bike, and, and I will take my bike out every once in a while. But I have to say my favorite for the summer is the pool. It, getting in there with the whole family is so much fun and watching the kids play and their buddies come over and, and that makes all of the pain in the ass that a pool is worth it. It's still like, you know, the, the joke about boats is the best day of a man's life is when he buys a boat. And second best day is when he sells his boat. It's still a new boat to me. It's still, it's still worth every bit of getting out there every week and vacuuming it and no, I forget. Was it there when you bought the house? Yes. Yes. That's it, honestly what sold this particular house with my wife. That all, also ought to be, we ought to tag that for an episode too, finding a home. Yeah, that, that's for that, sure. That, it's one of my favorite stories, my life stories, because it was crazy. Clay, we'll find somebody I'm, else. Yeah. I, don't even get, <laughs> I keep forgetting that. You don't need a guest host. Yeah. <laughs> Although you're shopping for condos in Detroit, right? Uh, well, yes, that's part of my global warming escape plan. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, we like we like the pool. The dog has not learned to swim yet. He we had him last summer, but he never got in the pool. So that'll be fun this year. Um, but I just like being outside. We do this Flow Fest, which is um, it's called Play Think. It's a great festival. It's really family oriented, and it's a lot of flow arts, which are like hoops and poi and contact staff and various juggling and acrobatics type yoga and the silks and the all those kinds of weird things it, it i always called it burning man light because it doesn't have all the nudity and drugs some of it no it it, it doesn't have all of it's <laughs> it's it's very mild compared yeah. to burning man but it's a lot of that same community vibe it brought the boy out of his shell at six and I just, I just love it. So we'd love to do that. We try to do that every year. We, now, is that near Louisville? Last year. Um, it is in central Kentucky. Okay. Um, but yeah, PlayThink, check it out. It's, uh, I think the uh, web address is playthinkfest.com. All right. Um, it's amazing. They have some online classes available, the PlayThink University, which is pretty cool. Um, now, have they set plans yeah. for this year? Yes, they have set plans. It's June 4th around there the weekend um it's usually father's day weekend okay um so i did i did level up one year um trying to get the boy to help pack up camp on father's day and i was the worst father in the universe on father's day so 
that was like big achievement unlocked. Mm. But anyway, we'd love to be outside. I love sunshine. I, I cannot, I hate the cold. If I can't be snowboarding or sledding, I do not want to be cold. And it's been a lot of being cold and not doing anything outside. And I hate it. I got, you know, I got, I, I definitely have some regrets and like guilt around this topic because really as a family, we're more bar and grill than field and stream. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I'm not a real outdoorsy guy I, backpacking and camping makes no sense to me when there's perfectly good hotels available, <laughs> you know, so I have to say, I probably let my kids down on this and then doubled down on it because, you know, all my kids from a very young age got involved in organized sports and we've been a crazy committed sports family. So, so much of the free time has ended up being committed to that. Now, ultimately, do I feel like that's been a, a great organizing principle for my kids? And has it paid off? And are they happy doing those activities? I don't have any regrets about that. Yeah. And I feel like I managed to, to be only a semi-crazy sports parent. Although, if you objectively described what I have planned for my summer, you might conclude otherwise. But so a lot of the outdoor time has involved that. And, and you know... The great thing about what I remember about being at the community pool that we've always had access to is that unstructured time is just so important. And, you know, time when kids are just playing and they're outdoors and they're enjoying, you know, that, uh, that vitamin D vibe is, uh, is super, super important. So you, you, you want to find, and it's very easy with, with the way parents behave these days to end up too structured with every minute, you know, sort of dedicated to uh, an activity that's, that's structured around betterment and, you know, getting the kids to get into college or whatever, you know, I think there's just a lot of that culture. So finding unstructured time is, is super valuable. And, you know, we managed to find it, you know, largely at our, at our community pool. And, and I think you, you do have to find that if you're, if you have an inclination to go, to go camp and do that, do that work, man. That is, my hat is is definitely off to you, and I'll be right here watching cable while you guys are doing. That. <laughs> Share videos, Clay. I'll watch them on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Nick, you mentioned your pool. Our pool just started demolition yesterday. We're we're getting it torn down. It turns out that people who own this house and, and speaking of the the house ownership thing, I think inevitably. You, you learned that nobody makes good choices on their homes. Um, mm. you know, we, we, found, we found out that the people that, that have maintained the pool before us have done really horrible jobs. And so it's going to cost us a lot of money. It's gonna, it's, overall, it's going to cost us the cost of a brand new pool to get it renovated. But it's, it's such Ouch. a huge pool. It's, it's such a huge pool that it's perfect for teenagers. Mm. Uh, you know, they'll be able to have you know, maybe, maybe 10 teenagers in the pool. Wow. without running into each other, which is, which is valuable. It's got a nice diving board, all that stuff. So we're hoping that that gets, it started to get underway. We'll get that finished and then we'll have to repair all the damage from the construction. And it'll take us a couple years to get the backyard actually in the shape that we want, but, but it'll be good. But my kids are really tearing, tearing at the seams to try to get out to go fishing. And we live in this wonderful, you know, it's one of the best freshwater fisheries in, in the world. And we don't have a boat, 
you know, that, that whole thing about the boat. It, my, my phrase is that I don't want a boat. I want somebody that I want to have a friend who has a boat. So we're, we're waiting for that offer to come, but <laughs> there's a, from the day we moved to this Island in 2016, real close to where we were right across the river from where we, we started at, there was a fishing pier that had been built by the, the, uh, uh, national wildlife service. So there's an international wildlife refuge with Canada that's based, um, actually their headquarters was on the Island for a long time. They built a big nature center across the river on still on the American side, but they built this really big nature center. And then it's got this huge fishing pier that goes out into the middle of what is the best walleye season anywhere in the world. So the best walleye fishing is right there off the pier which you can never find a pier that has the best fishing. And this goes right in the middle of the stream. And there's white bass that come up through there too later in the summer. And so people talk about the walleye. There was a, a guy who caught a muskie just last week in a kayak, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe a mile from there. I saw the photo. Like a four-foot muskie, just a huge fish. And he caught this in a – yeah, it was amazing. So my kids want to go out fishing, and, and uh, I'm not – terribly up on fishing but my kids are into it so i've got to be into it so we're hoping to get to do that the the national uh wildlife surface just announced that they're going to be opening that seven days a week they were just open thursday through sunday and now they're going to be open seven days a week uh, from here on so i'm really looking forward to that but you know other than that our family's been out hiking you know we're on this fitness craze my wife's been doing stuff mostly for for work you know, she's got one of those fitness programs where they, they incentivize you for steps. And so she goes walking around the neighborhood every day. And, and so we go out for hikes every once in a while and the kids have just eaten it up. And so they love to go out on these hikes and they love looking at the birds and looking at all these things. I, you know, they were, they were listening for birds when we were on this last nature hike that we were on. And, and so, and I said, Hey, what's that? I think it's a Cessna. <laughs> that was the bird I could identify. Right. <laughs> but but they're enjoying it and I love that they're enjoying it cuz you know this last year's been all in playing on playing on their phones, playing on their computers, talking to their friends over over uh Discord and uh finally getting them out and doing fun stuff. And and so I'm looking forward to it. We're getting a dog, so we're looking at going camping again cuz we can't get hotels anymore. You know, beyond the kids doing that but we have a camper so we don't have to get out in a tent it's like taking our own hotel with us with air conditioning that's nice i mean the, yeah. the, you know fishing is gotta be one of the most iconic like dad vibes yeah and you know i i i've been very lucky that that part of our family tradition has been that uh we go from where we live in texas up to new england to cape cod to visit that's where my wife grew up and where her parents live and they host us very generously every summer for, uh, you know, a pretty extended period of time. And my father-in-law generously considers me a co-owner of a boat that he owns. <laughs> I own like the bow rail that goes around the, front <laughs> of the boat. Like that's that's how big my financial contribution was to this boat. But anyway, he he very generously considers me a co-owner, and so. And, and he's lived and fished those waters his whole life and, and, you know, both taught the kids and in a way taught me 
how to do this kind of fishing so that when he's not there, I can still get the kids out. I know how to use the tackle. And it's one of these things. It's like, it's a skill you have to, it's a craft you have to learn and you have to practice. And the first time you go out with the kids, maybe you don't catch anything, maybe two or three times. And it's worth that investment of time, you know, because it's, it's hard, like learning how to operate the boat safely, get everybody on board, get all the tackle functional, how to get to where the fish are at the right time, you know, and catch the fish, get the fish on board, get it off the hook, return it to the water or, you know, keep it, clean it, do all that kind of business. That is, you know, that's a whole, it's a whole system, but there's also so (laughs) many lessons inherent in all of that, that the kids get so thrilled about that it's, it's kind of worth, I think, investing the time. And man, you, you, it's like when you're on, when you're hitting the, you know, hitting the rowing machine, Ben, and it's like, oh man, this hurts. This hurts. This is tough. You know, while you're on there and you're struggling with all this stuff and you're trying to make yeah. the boat go in the right direction and somebody doesn't got a problem with their, their life jacket and the fish is like flopping around the boat and you get home and you're done and the workout is finished. And, you know, you end up with this kind of like beautiful exhaustion in the service of something that you know is good. And you just feel kind of a rut, this kind of beautiful endorphin laced post stress uh, relaxation that is the only indication that you kind of get along the way that you're doing a good job as a dad. Unpopular opinion. I hate fishing. (laughs) My dad used to take us fishing down to my grandfather's. He had a bunch of little ponds. It was a huge farm, huge farm, and had like four or five little ponds that had, you know, little bluegill in them or some shit. And sometimes we'd go down to one of the state lakes or whatever. That was the most boring thing I could ever do as a kid. No, I don't want to go fishing. I couldn't throw rocks. I couldn't leave where, you know, from the, around the pond. I couldn't go around the pond. Hated it. Hated it. My kids are not going to learn how to fish from me. And if they don't <laughs> they learn like it, from it if the kids don't like it, don't fight it, right? That right. just wasn't your jam. Oh, my God. Well, but, I mean, but, and it wasn't, he wasn't taking us fishing to take us fishing. He liked fishing. So he had kids. If he wanted to go fishing, the kids went with him. So, we went fishing, you know, cause it was his thing. He wanted to go yeah. fishing. It'd be kind of like me. If the kids hate, you know, the older one hates skateboarding, but I have, if I'm going to go skateboarding, I have to take him with me. I'm not going to do that. I don't see how my dad did it because you know, me bitching and moaning all the time. I'm, I can't believe he still took us fishing. It, it, he had to hate it too. You know, on days he had to take us, but nope, I, I can't stand it. I will never do that again. Well, I'll tell you, wanna... there, there is a difference between between fishing for bass and, and bluegill in a pond and sport fishing. Those oh, yeah. Big I, fish. No doubt. There's, I don't want know, to do that either. Though. Right. But when you're on a boat, you know, there's there's a little bit more sometimes than, than sitting next to a pond. But but yeah, I, I definitely see that. I'm glad my kids are my kids are up for it. Um, I mean, I'm it's it's I've... totally cool that kids that some kids love it and, right. and people love to do it. 
but I just, I, it's one of those things. I don't get it. Sports ball. Yeah. And I do, I do get sports ball. Why, why I don't like football and basketball. I wasn't good at it ever, ever, not even a little bit. So I, I totally get why I didn't like that as a kid. Cause I couldn't do it. And that's why I never started watching really, you know, picking a team and rooting for that team. Yeah. Rah, rah, rah. Cause I just wasn't good at it. Fishing always seemed like just, it was just boring. <laughs> just sitting on a five gallon bucket turned upside down <laughs> on a pond. You well, know, Nick, as we, we tell the kids it's called fishing, not catching. We don't <laughs> really know what the outcome's going to be. Right. But you know, the best thing that ever happened with fishing, and I realize I've learned now as an adult, uh, you know, that it's this was wrong, but we brought home a lot of turtles. I would go, you know, trying to catch turtles. So we brought home a lot of turtles and, you know, orphaned them and killed them at home. Hey, little turtle, you want to come to my house and die? You know. Well, it yeah. just, just took a dark turn. Yeah, yeah. now I understand. <laughs> <laughs> now yeah. it's clear. You should not be allowed to fish. It's just not... Right. Well, come on. You're just tricking the fish. Come on. Here, have some food. <laughs> You're just tricking the fish. It is. It is. A, it's a fish tricking business. It is. But I get it, especially sport fishing. I get, you know, bringing, bringing in a sailfish or some shit like that. Sort That's craziness. Or even a big tuna. That that takes some that takes some effort. That takes some strength. That takes some skill and knowledge. Like you said, knowing all of the tackle, where to be, how to do it. I'm not. I'm not knocking fishing, if that's your jam. It's yeah, I, you are. know. It's okay, Nick. We understand. We're allowed. To, we're, <laughs> we'll agree to disagree on fishing. Yeah, it's not. Like, you go trick your fish, and you know, scar them forever. Put a hole in their face. You go right ahead. Have a good time. <laughs> I ain't coming. Thanks to Nick Dawson and Clay Nichols and their awesome families for sharing them with us today. Also, big thanks to Don Andrews for giving us some expert answers about bath bombs and kid hygiene. Ask Dad Labs is produced and edited by me, Ben Fote, and Fote Media Productions, LLC. Like, follow, subscribe, and share across the social media landscape wherever you find Dad Labs. Talk to you next time.